at a time every night. I've enjoyed preaching to you. Say, I'm super. No, that's not enough of you. Every one of you say, I'm super. I'm having the time of my life preaching to you here at Junior Crusaders Camp. You know, this is home for me, Louisiana is, and sometimes it's hard to feel at home when you're at home. But I've really felt at home here this week. And um, all of you have been so attentive, <laughs> and you've listened so well, and I know you're going to do the same tonight. Okay? Appreciate the invitation to come. Brother Nation has been a friend of mine for a long, long time. When I was the age of some of you, I used to sit and listen to him at youth camp teach, and he is a tremendous teacher, and I always enjoyed it. Of course, Brother Bingaman is a, is a, a, a great friend of mine, and I just appreciate them and Brother Tenney and the others that invited me to come and uh, be here. Everybody say, praise the Lord. This group right here, say, praise the Lord. Uh, over here, say, praise the Lord. Right here, say, praise the Lord. Over there, say, praise the Lord. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Now let's stand. Will you stand right now? Now, I don't have my walk-in mic tonight. I just, y'all, y'all, you, you campers just preached me so hard last night I blew a fuse or something. And um, I don't have it. And uh, so I can't, I can't move around quite as much maybe as I'd like to. And then again, I might do it anyhow. Uh, y'all say, preach it anyway, preacher. All right. That's what I'm going to do. Now, before I preach, I want to read. The word of the Lord to you, and I want you to listen. Everybody look at me. Everybody look. Everybody look. You boys right back over there, look at me. There you go. All right. Everybody look at me. I'm reading from the Gospel of Matthew, the seventh chapter. I'm going to read two verses. We're glad to have all of our visitors who are here tonight. We appreciate your coming so much. We want you to pray with us. We want to have 200 kids get the Holy Ghost. 200. Everybody say 200. We've had 54 campers receive the Holy Ghost, and we're just expecting 200 to get it before the week's over. Praise God. Enter you in at the straight gate. Everybody say, straight gate. You enter in at the straight gate. Now, this is Jesus talking, so you ought to be listening. You enter in at the straight gate because wide is the gate, and broad is the highway that leadeth to destruction. And many, everybody say many. Many there be which go in thereat. Because straight, everybody say straight. Straight is the gate. And narrow, everybody say narrow. Narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. I want to preach tonight... Let's do it God's way. Everybody say that with me. Let's do it God's way. Let's say it again. Let's do it God's 
One more time. Let's do it God's way. You may be seated. One time there was a, uh, a group of soldiers. There's about, there's about 250 soldiers. And they were marching across the desert. And it was hot. The sun was blazing down. And it was hotter than it was out there on the, uh, on the Olympic ground today. It was so hot that pretty soon all their water was gone. How many of you, how many of you campers ever been thirsty? I mean really thirsty. They got thirsty. They got so thirsty. Their old tongues began to swell up in their mouth. And their lips began to get dry. And began to crack open and bleed. And they began, they began to get so thirsty that they couldn't hardly walk anymore. 250 soldiers marching across the desert. And as they marched, they had a guide. And this guide knew all about that desert. He had been raised on that desert. He knew everything about it. And this guide said, if you'll just follow me, and if you'll go where I go, if you'll do what I say to do, I'll get you to a water hole. But if you don't listen to me, you're not going to make it. And every one of you is going to die of thirst. But it was so hot. Everybody say, so hot. Everybody say, so hot. And their water was all gone. And that guide said, just keep walking. There's water up ahead. But they got so thirsty because it was so hot. And the story goes that as they was marching along, they began to look way off out in the distance. And as they got to looking off out in the distance, they got to seeing things. They got to looking way off at the horizon. And when they did, they got to seeing big lakes way out there. And they looked so cool. And the water looked so refreshing. And they were so thirsty. Because it was so hot. And they began to tell that guy. They began to say, hey, there's water over there. And that guy said, uh-uh, that ain't water. That's a mirage. Say mirage. Mirage. That's just a mirage. There ain't no real water there. But it looked like real water. It looked like what they were so thirsty for. And as they began to look at those mirages, they began to say, Hey, that guy's not telling us right. We're going to go over there and we're going to get some water. We're so thirsty. And they began to push against that guide and say, Hey, now look, there's water over there. And the guide said, Oh, no, there's no water there. Yes, there's water over there. No, there's no water over there. That'll just fool you. But they began to finally mutiny. They rose up against their guide. And they said, no, we're going where the water is. And they ran headlong, pushed the guide down in the sand. And as they ran, a great group of soldiers, they trampled that guide in the sand. As he lay there in the sand and bled and died, they kept running across the desert. Water, water, water. It's out there. Water. 
But the further they ran, the further the water was. The further they went, the further the water was. The closer they thought they ought to be getting to it, the further away it was. They ran, and they ran, and they ran, and they ran, until finally they realized that that old God knew what he was talking about, and there wasn't any water out there. And they stopped. And they began to follow their tracks back to where the guy lay in the sand. And they reached down and they shook him. Wake up. We need you now. We need you now. But it was too late. The guide was dead. And all 250 of them died in the desert because the only one that knew where the water was, they had pushed him aside. And they died. There's only one that knows how to get us out of this old world. There's only one that knows the way. There's only one that's been there before. There's only one that said, I have the keys of death. Hell in the grave in my hands. And campers, he's here tonight. And he's here to guide you and show you the right way. And if you'll not push him aside, if we'll do it God's way, hallelujah. If we'll do it like Jesus said to do it, we're going to get out of here. And we won't die in this old wilderness, but we're going to make it and get to the other side. You know, it's so easy to get sidetracked and to not do it God's way. It's so easy to start. I know one fellow one time who was a prophet. He was a preacher. But he got to doing things the wrong way. His name was Balaam. Everybody say Balaam. Balaam was a prophet of the Lord, the Bible says. But Balaam had a real problem. Balaam lived in Moab. Everybody say Moab. Now Moab wasn't where the children of God lived, but Balaam lived in Moab. Now Balaam didn't live where the children of God was living. If you're going to make it and do it God's way, you need to get with God's people. Oh, I like camp, don't you? I like Crusaders camp. I like it when these young people begin to worship God and I can worship God with them. I like to be around the people that love His name. You know, there's an old saying that says, birds of a feather will flock together. Do you know what that really means is? You'll get to looking like the birds you run around with. And you'll get to acting like them too. If you start hanging around the wrong crowd. Come on. Now we're going to have some fun tonight. We're going to go down. <laughs> and we're going to do this. And we're going to do that. <laughs> and it's going to be so much fun. Church? What do you mean church? Forget about church. Come on, let your hair down. Come on, kind of, you know, relax a little bit. No, man, we know where it's at. Those are squares. Those aren't. Those guys, they're for that. Forget about all that. Just come on with me, and we're going to have some fun. Why, we'll smoke cigarettes, and we'll drink beer. Oh, we'll go. We'll get us a girlfriend. <laughs> we'll just, yeah, come on, stay with me, son, and we'll, we'll have some fun. Don't fool around with them, them Holy Ghost people. All they want to do is love Jesus. All they want to do is clap their hands. All they want to do is love God. Don't fool around with them, folks. If you get to hanging around with the Moabites, you'll get like the Moabites. But if you get around the children of God, you'll act like the children of God. You'll worship like the children of God he got in trouble because down in the land of Moab the devil how many of you saw that fella here last night yeah 
He was ugly, wasn't he? The devil knows if you're down in Moab, he's got a lot better chance to get you to do what's wrong. That's what he did to Balaam. The Bible says that the children of Israel was marching through the land of Moab and the king of Moab said, Balaam, he come knocking at his door. And Balaam opened the door. I'm over here. He opened the door. And the king or some of his buddies stood there and said, Reverend Balaam, we want you to do something for us. And Balaam said, what's that? Are you girls listening? Balaam said, what do you want me to do? And they said, we want you to go down and curse the children of the Lord. And Balaam said, well, he said, um, he said I guess I could. Uh, I've cursed before. Folks before, you know, put a curse on them. And uh, I've blessed folks before. I reckon I could. But you better let me go pray about it first. So Balaam went in the back room. And he got down and he said, Now, Lord, the king Balak wants me to go down and curse the children of Israel. Should I go? And the Lord said, Balaam, you can't curse them because I have blessed them. You better stay away from there, boy. That's my people. But you see, Balaam had a problem. He had a real problem because, because they offered him money. They offered him diamonds and pearls. They offered him gold and silver. And Balaam, he wanted that gold and silver and them diamonds and them pearls. And so he, he, he really was reluctant, but he went back and told him. And he said, I, I can't go. I'm sorry. So they went back home and they said, well, here's what we need to do. We need to send some bigger big shots with more money. And we'll get this preacher anyway. And the Bible says they came back a little later. And there came an... And Balaam opened the door and there was some really big shots. Really wheels in the kingdom. And said, Reverend Balaam, the king would really like you to go down and do this little job for him. And they opened a big old bag. And there was gold in there. And silver in there. And there was a big old wad of money. And they said, Balaam, you can have all of this. If you'll just go do what we want you to do. And Balaam said, well, well, now he knew what God's way was. But Balaam sure wanted some of that money. And so he said, let me pray again. And he got down to... To pray again if you've got a price tag on your want of God the devil will give you what you want to keep you from finding him but campers listen to me tonight there is nothing everybody say nothing everybody say nothing everybody you can do better than that say nothing this group here say nothing this section here say nothing this section say nothing that section say nothing. This section say nothing. This one say nothing. Say nothing. Nothing. Everybody say nothing. Nothing is more important than you getting the Holy Ghost in this service tonight. Not boyfriend. Not girlfriend. Not hamburgers. Not Coca-Colas. Not dollar bills. Nothing is more important than you coming to know the Lord. Balaam, he wanted some of what they was offering him. And so the Bible says he prayed again. 
And this time he said, now, Lord, I know what your will is, but please let me go. And the Lord said, all right, go ahead. So the scripture says that Balaam went out to the garage and got his mule out. No, not tonight. And he got up on that old mule. Whoa, this is a lot better mule. And he got up on that mule and said, get out. And down the road they went. I hope this don't fall off of here. Down the road they went. Headed down to curse the children of the Lord. Here he went. And the Bible said that Balaam didn't know it. But up the road of peace was an angel. And this angel had a flaming sword. He drew it from his scabbard. And he was standing ready to cut Balaam's head off. And here went Balaam. He didn't know it. He was so blinded by his girlfriend that he's holding hands with. He was so blinded by his boyfriend sitting next to him. He didn't know what was waiting for him up the road. But you know, that old donkey saw that angel. And the Bible said that old donkey took off out through a field running just fast. I don't blame that donkey. I believe I'd have done the same thing. Down through the field they went. Balaam on that donkey. Hey, whoa, whoa, what are you going? Come back here, come. And he finally got that old donkey stopped. And the Bible said he got him a stick. And he began to beat that old donkey. You crazy out there. What's the matter with that? Beat that old donkey. Got him back. Get back up here on the road. We've got a job to do. We've got a lot of money to make. Come on, let's go. And he got that old donkey back up on the road. Got back on that donkey. Now you crazy out. What's wrong with you? Get out. Down Boy, he didn't know. The angel was standing up there waiting. The Bible said they got going down a section of the road that had a wall on one side and a wall on the other side. And here they went, and that angel stood right there ready to cut old Balaam's head off. And the Bible said that donkey saw that angel, and he just went up against that wall and just mashed old Balaam's foot against that wall. Boy, Balaam jumped off that donkey. You crazy. Got him up. Poof, 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 poof. Beat that old donkey. Said, you like to broke my foot. What's the matter with you? Balaam couldn't see what was going on. Some of you campers, I've watched you this week. You don't really know what's going on. We're here for fun. That's right. And we're here to have fellowship. That's right. But there is nothing more important than doing it God's way and getting the Holy Ghost in this camp. Back on that donkey he got. This crazy thing. Kill me. Get up, you crazy. Down the road. And the Bible said this time, they got where they couldn't go one way and they couldn't go another way. And that donkey looked up and there was that angel ready to cut open him. You know? And the scripture says that donkey just fell down. Old Balaam was sitting on a donkey and it laying on the ground. What in the world is going He got up and the Bible says he got him a staff. He started beating that dog. He was so mad. He said, if this was a sword, I'd cut your head off. And the 
the Bible said that old donkey turned its head up at him and said, What you beating me for? I'm not telling you a story. That's what the Bible says. That old donkey said, What you whooping on me for? That one did. And if you think that's something, old Balaam was so mad, he didn't even realize what was going on. He just answered him back. Said, because you mashed my foot and you went out through a field and you fell here in the road. Is that what you would have said if a donkey had looked at you and said, what are you whooping me for? That's what Balaam did. And the Bible said that donkey looked back at him and said, haven't I been a good donkey? Haven't I took you everywhere you wanted to go? Them long fellowship meetings and you'd get on here and go to sleep and I'd take you right on to the house. I went down through hollows. I crossed streams. I climbed hills. I haven't ever been a bad donkey. Hadn't I been a good donkey? And old Balaam said, well, now that you mention it, you've been, you've been pretty good. And that old donkey said, now that I've done you the best job I could ever do for you. And the Bible says at that moment... Balaam's eyes were open and he looked up and there was an angel, excuse me, standing over him with a big old sword about to cut his head off. And you know what Balaam did? He fell down on the ground and said, don't kill me. And the Lord spoke to Balaam and said, I had to get in the mouth of a donkey. I had to get a hold of that beast of burden you ride in order to tell you what my will was for you. Oh, Balaam said, I've done wrong. Please forgive me. God said any time you quit doing it my way and you start doing it your way, you're doing it the wrong way. I tell you, camper, I don't want to have to have an old donkey know more about God's way than I know. I want to do it God's way. I want to do it like he wants it done. I want to be what God wants me to be. Let's give Jesus a big hand clap right now. If you're not careful, if you're not careful, you'll listen to the wrong folks. I know I've been preaching this, and I want to preach it again. If you're not careful, you'll hear the wrong voices in our world. If you're not careful, you'll hear the murmur of the soft, soothing, siren sound of a world that's gone crazy mad. But friend, I want to be among that number that say, no world, I'm going to do it God's way. No world, I'm going where he wants me to go. I'm going to do what he wants me to do. If you're not careful, you'll be like another Bible character I know. There was two brothers have you got a brother or all right okay it's a bunch of you I got a brother I know what it is to have a brother do you know there was two brothers one time they weren't twins or nothing but they were brothers one of them's name was apostolic Abel Abel always went to youth camp you didn't find Abel on the back holding a girl's hand no sir not Abel he was sitting up here on the front he was shouting the victory every night. He was on fire for God. Old apostolic Abel, he loved the Lord. He never let anybody get ahead of him when it come to worshiping God. And you know, when he was at home, he didn't act one way at camp and another way at home. When he went home from camp, he got on that front row. When the preacher was a preacher, he raised his hands and said, Hallelujah. When it come to worshiping, he was quick to worship. Old apostolic Abel was a man that loved the Lord. He wanted to do it God's way. 
He didn't listen to worldly music. Oh, no. He wasn't interested in all the things the world was doing. Not him, no, sir. But he had a brother. And his brother's name was what? His brother's name was Cain the Cool. You know, shirt unbuttoned to his navel. Gold chain around, blah. What boy wants to wear a gold chain around their necks? I, I don't. Nobody. Cigarette dangling out of his lips. Old Cain the cool. He was too good to pray in the altar. He was too good to get the Holy Ghost. You're like you boys right over there. He never listened to the preacher. Everybody look at those boys right over there. See those boys right over there? Everybody see them right there? All right, sit down. That's all they deserve. That was old Cain the cool. He wasn't interested in God's way. He wasn't interested in doing anything but what he wanted to do. Old Cain was in love with himself. And the Bible says that it came time to worship God. Cain the cool, he knew there was a way that God had demanded worship. He knew there was a way that God wanted it done. But Cain said, I'm going to do it like I want to do it. And so when they gathered at the altar, Abel brought God's will. Abel did it like God said to do it. Abel brought a lamb and laid it on the altar and offered it to God. Cain brought butter beans and peas and okra and corn and said, here it is, God. You can like it or lump it. Oh, yes, he did. He said, I'm not going to listen to that preacher. He said, I'm going to play footsie with my neighbor. He said, I'm not going to play in that altar. I'm going to run around between the pews. I don't want the Holy Ghost. I'm not interested in God. But Brother Cain got in trouble. He got messed up because he didn't want to do it God's way. But if you don't do it God's way, you're going to get in trouble sure as the world. Bible says that Cain walked up to that altar with his tight jeans and high-heeled shoes and he said, now God, here I am, I'm Cain the cool. My way's as good as anybody else's way. I'll do it like I want to do it. But you know what God said? He said, eh, I don't care about that. I don't care about your way. And the Bible said he had no regard unto Cain's offering. But oh, when apostolic Abel offered his offering and that sweet savor rose to heaven, God loved apostolic Abel. Listen, it's a sissy that don't know how to raise his hands and worship God. It takes a real man or a real woman to lift their hands and say, I love you, Jesus. Anybody can sit in the back and... Clip their fingernails and write notes. Anybody can do that. You know what? Cain didn't like it one bit. And the Bible says that Cain did like a lot of folks did. He said, okay, if God don't like my offering, then I don't care. You know why some of you don't come to the altar? Because somehow you've decided you can't get the Holy Ghost. And the only way you know to handle that is to say, well, I really don't want it anyway. 
It's like a little boy's got ice cream and the other one doesn't. And the one that doesn't, his lips is just about parsed and he's licking them and saying, but I didn't want no ice cream anyway. But he really did. Cain told Abel, said, I don't care that God accepted your offering and didn't accept mine. That don't bug me none. But Abel said, now, Brother Cain, the Lord loves you just like he loves me. And if you would give your heart to God and if you would do it God's way, God would accept your offering just like he did mine. And you know what Cain did? Cain the cool, he got mad. He said, you little holy roller. He said, I'll teach you. And he reached out and grabbed apostolic cable and wham, wham, wham. He busted his head open, threw him down on the ground, stoned his own brother, and the Bible said he killed him. And he didn't even care. He went over and dug a shallow grave, pile rocks on top. Are you listening to me? He got to where he didn't even care. He reached the point where nothing mattered anymore. You're at a tender age tonight. You're at a point where God can speak to your heart if you'll listen. But if you don't listen, there may come a time that your heart will be hardened and you won't be able to listen. Cain dug a shallow grave and laid the broken, bleeding body of his only brother. Piled the dirt, piled the rocks on top of it, and went his own way. <laughs> Somebody said, hey, Cain, have you seen Abel? Abel? Nah, he's probably around here somewhere. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Abel, I'm Cain. I'm cool. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Nobody's going to tell me how to act. I'll live like I want to live. Do what? And old Cain, listen to me. This is very important. Cain knew that God was talking to him. Cain knew that the Lord had seen everything that he did. Cain knew that God had his number. But old Cain was so hardened that he looked up at God and he smarted off and said, What do you think I am, a babysitter? Am I my brother's keeper? You look for him. Your brother's blood is crying unto me from the ground. From now on, you are cursed from the earth. And the cigarette fell from Cain's lips. And that old proud look that was on his face. He had never, he had never cried in front of anybody before, but big old tears welled up in his eyes. He began to run. Oh, God. Oh, God, please don't tell me I'm cursed. Oh, God, if I could go back to youth camp 81 again. If I could hear Brother Jones try to preach to me again. Oh, God, if, if I could go back to that old altar one more time, I'd do it different. God, just don't tell me that. But the Lord said, Cain, you've got to go out. And the Bible said Cain had to go from the presence of the Lord. Oh, God. Oh, God, it's cold out there. I'll never see my mom again. I'll never see my dad again. Oh, God. Tell him I loved him. I didn't mean to do what I did. Would you change your mind? God's countenance was firm. 
Cain waited too late. He did it his way one day too long. And the Bible said Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. One time I was at a meeting and they brought a little girl up. She was, she was about 14 years old, maybe 15. And there, was, there must have been a hundred preachers there. Now listen to me right now. And they asked the preachers, they asked us preachers who were there, they said, we want you to pray for her. Of course, we were interested in knowing what the problem was. And they said when this little girl was 13 years old, she got tired of the way mom and dad did. Raised in a Pentecostal home, she got tired of that Pentecostal preacher. She said, I want to live my own life, 13 years old. She said, I want to go my own way, do my own thing. And so she ran away from home at 13 years old. They lived in Mississippi. She ran away and she got in with some hippies and they went to, all the way to New York City. And this little 13-year-old girl lived in a hippie commune for two years. Dirty, filthy, hungry a lot of the time. But she didn't care because before they ever got to New York, she had had her first experience with drugs. Raised where you were raised. Sit on camp meeting pews. Heard preachers preach youth camp when she was a little girl. But she was so hooked on drugs that one night she OD'd in a dirty tenement house. And her buddies and her friends and all those that said, come on and we'll show you a good time. Yeah, they did her a lot of good. They took her near the emergency room door of a hospital and dumped her out of the car into the gutter and sped away into the night. If it wasn't that there had was a nurse going off duty and happened to see her lying there in the gutter. She had died in that cold New York night. That nurse picked her up, called for a stretcher. They got her in the emergency room and they worked about three hours. And just barely, I said just barely, they were able to save her life. Somehow they were able to trace her and they called her mom and dad that loved her so much down in Mississippi. Two years had passed. She was a 15-year-old girl. They said, won't you come get her? Her parents jumped in the car and they rushed to New York. They picked her up in the hospital. They were so happy to see her, but the minute they laid eyes on her, they knew something was wrong. That's not our little girl. What's wrong? She sat and stared at them with glassy, unresponsive eyes. The doctor put his hand on her dad's shoulder and said, Sir, I'm sorry to tell you. We saved her life, but we couldn't save her mind. And they brought that little girl back home and they called preachers, please pray. Pray for my little girl. Please pray. And we laid hands, a hundred preachers, I guarantee it was a hundred, laid hands on her one after another and prayed that God would heal her. But when they led her away, her eyes were still glassy. She knew no more when they led her away than when they led her up. Listen, friend, you can do your own thing one day too long. You can miss one night at the altar. You can hang on to rebellion against God one night too many. I'm reaching for that little boy that hasn't been to the altar yet. I'm reaching for that little girl that's been too busy having fun to come on down and pray. I'm telling you, we've got your number. This bunch of campers is a praying for you right now. We don't want you to do it your way. We want you to do it God's way. We want you to pray. And we want you to pray right now. 
I want us all to bow our heads, all of us right now. Bow our heads. And I want everybody to be real quiet right now. You boys right there, be quiet. Everybody keep your heads bowed. I want you to come, young man. I've watched you. I know how hard you've been. I don't know why you haven't come yet, but I want you to come right now. No, no, everybody keep your heads bowed. I don't want anybody looking around. Young lady, I want you to come. You, you've held off so long, it's time to come right now. The altars are waiting. The Lord's wonderful mercy is reaching. That's right there in the back. Yes, sir, come on right now. That's right. You in the front, I want you to come. No, no, don't, don't just join the exodus because someone else is, but I want you to come and say, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost tonight. I want you to come. God's way is to repent. Tell God you're sorry for every sin you've ever done. Tell God to ask God to forgive you and believe that he does. And then lift your hands and begin to worship God. You come on, young man. God's been reaching for you through this whole service. I want you to come right now. I believe there's an adult in this service tonight, and I haven't tried to preach to the adults, but I feel like God has touched your heart. And if you'd like to come pray with our campers, you may. God will give you the Holy Ghost here tonight, too. Come on, campers, and let's pray. Let's talk to God. Let's pray and seek Him. In Jesus' name, praise God. Praise God. Come on and pray. I don't want you to pray a few minutes and quit. I want you to get down to business. We don't have much time left. Jesus is about to come. We've got to do it tonight. We must do it God's way. And God's way is tonight, is now. It's time to yield yourself to God. Come on, Cain, before it's too late. Before you do that thing that God will never forgive for. Before you walk that long road that leads to destruction. Come on now and pray. Jesus, I've been a sinner. Jesus, forgive me of my wrongs. Oh, Jesus, save me tonight. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. What about you young ladies right here? What about you boys right back over there? Don't you want to pray? Isn't God talking to your hearts? Don't you want to come? If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you should come and pray for these that do. Everyone here should be in the altar tonight. Come on and pray. Come on, God's reaching for you. Come on, camper. Don't, don't hang back. Come on to God tonight. Don't wait too late. Don't wait too late. Come on to God. The world's reaching for you tonight. The devil's longing to get his clutches on you tonight. Don't let him do it. Come on to God right now. Come on to God. You young men right over here, why don't you come pray? Come right on up here and pray. Won't you do it? Yeah, come on. That's right. Come on and pray. Come on and pray. Come on, young lady right here. The Lord's talking. Come on now. It doesn't matter whether they come or not. You come. The Lord's talking to you. Won't you come on now? Just come on. Come on. All these others are. Won't you come? Come on. It's easy. Come on right now. There you go. Come on. You want to do it? All of you come. All four of you. Just come on. Get up and come on right now. Come on and let's pray. The Lord wants to give you the Holy Ghost. I must be saved. I can't be lost from a crusader's camp. Something's got to happen in my heart. Oh, Jesus. Touch me tonight. Don't let me be lost. I don't want to go the way of Cain. I don't want to get on the wrong road. I must be saved. Come on, young man. There's still time for you to come. That's right. Come on. Come on right now. That's it. Pray with them right there. Pray them through the Holy Ghost right there. Jesus. Touch us tonight somehow, Lord.
be saved. Oh. 